Oh, and welcome to episode 19 of Hello from the Offside. I am your guest host, Colin, today, uh, joined by Brad. What's up? And just the two of us today, so we're going to have a, a fun time talking about how crappy Man City and Chelsea are. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> Man City barely won yesterday. Yeah, Man City can eat a butt and get 100 red cards for fighting people in the stands. Was that what happened? It, no, so... Sterling scored the game winner at the death, ran over to, like, where the fans were. Some fans, like, jumped onto the field. They were celebrating with them, and you're not supposed to celebrate with fans now. So he got a red card for that. But one of the fans was being, like, taken to the ground and held pretty roughly by security. And one of the Man City players, not Sterling, I forget who it was, was over there arguing with the cops that they did not need to be that aggressive with the player. He did not get a card for that, but the cops were not happy to be told how to do their job. So, wow! Surprise, surprise! People aren't out on the field. That's kind of like the main rule of sports, right? What's that? People can't be on the field. That's the main rule of sports. Yeah, you shouldn't be allowed on the field, and that was my argument yesterday. Why I thought I can't believe I'm saying this. I thought Sterling's second yellow card was bullshit because even though the rule clearly states, like, if you celebrate with the fans now, like, go into the stands, you get a yellow card. Like, he didn't really go into the stands. If you watch the video, you can see people going over the little barricade, like, onto the field celebrating with him. So I was like, yeah. like a bogus yellow because it wasn't really his fault. Like, because players often go to where their fans are and, like, stand in front of them and, like, uh, you know. All the time. Yeah, and that's not a yellow, but if you interact with them, it is. And, like, how do you control if a fan gets onto the field? I don't know. It was very weird, but, like, Renee seemed very okay with it, which is suspicious to me because Sterling's clearly their, like, biggest threat to score goals. So, And now he has to sit out a match. Good. Because he got a red card. That's to suck, Raheem. Did you get for beating it? Or, no, for tying Everton on Monday. Um, all right, let's jump in and talk about uh, Man U, Brad. They're playing pretty poorly to start the season, aren't they? Yeah, just just a big old bag of shits. Uh, I mean, how dare they score 10 goals and not concede any? Yeah, great. They uh, they looked really good yesterday. They probably should have beaten uh, Leicester by more, but uh, 2 to nothing is certainly nothing to complain about. Um, I'd say they're playing pretty well. Uh, right now, there's like a ridiculous stat that when Fellaini's on the field for United, they have scored eight goals, conceded none, and they scored a clip of a goal every eight minutes or something. Well, good for him. Yeah, big douchey fro guy. He scored the other day, and like at, when, I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh wow, that was like a really nice play, but when you watch the replay, he just kind of like threw his leg. <laughs> he is getting old, isn't he? I don't know. Uh, he's got to be like 30. Yeah, I think he's probably just, nope, 29, younger than us, just by a couple, by like two months. Yeah, it was like, he's like our age, but that's not that old, really, when you think about it. I guess he was just really young when Everton sold him to Man U. Yeah, I think the thing about him, too, is like, he'll be able to, I don't know how long his career is going to be, because he's so tall compared to everyone else. He kind of takes like a beating, but... yeah. I, he really hasn't been injured that much. He stayed surprisingly healthy. He's six four and he's listed as being one hundred and eighty seven pounds. <laughs> Good God, man! Eat, terrifying. Eat something. Yeah. 
What's great? Isn't Peter Crouch only like six seven? I think Peter Crouch was yeah. He was real tall. Still playing. <laughs> yeah, huh? Peter Crouch is only six seven, and he looks like okay. a stick. I like how you say only. Well, but like we're used to NBA men, and at six okay. seven, he's what like a an oversized two guard. He's six seven, weighs one hundred and sixty five pounds. I, mean, I guess LeBron is. LeBron's taller than him. Probably, yeah. LeBron's also built like a tank. And, like, if you see LeBron and, like, being taller than this little scrawny guy, it just doesn't make any sense because Peter Crouch looks like the tallest man ever to live in England. And then LeBron would go, like, just dunk on him all day. I think the thing about Peter Crouch, though, is, or, like, just soccer players in general, it's a different type of fitness. Yeah. I don't know how I got to talking about how skinny and tall Peter Crouch is, but... You man, you got a new signing this week. What are you thinking about uh, about your brand new signing? About Zlatan? Yeah. Welcome back, Zlatan. Return of not play January. So there's that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited. I'm glad he was able to come back. He seemed like he really wanted to come back. So I think that's kind of like a big deal when you think about it. Like, if a player wants to be there and like you can work it out and. Zlatan, like, last year was of a very high caliber, so it's definitely nice to have him back. I'm not complaining. We'll see what we get out of him in January, but they're putting him on the 25-man Champions League roster. Interesting. Yeah, that's what has kind of gotten me like, huh. Hmm. Is his contract up in one year, or is it up at the end of the season? Uh, So his contract last year was incentive-based. And if he hit a certain amount of games played or goals scored, he automatically got a contract for this upcoming season. But because of his injury, he was like, I think, two games away from hitting his minimum. Yeah. So he didn't. So um, I think his new contract is just this season. Okay. But there might be, I haven't looked at a whole lot into it, but it might be another certain situation where, like, if in his limited time, because obviously he's only going to be able to play from January. On, I'm sure if he hits certain things, there might be like an automatic re-up. It's interesting to me that he took it because it it can't be about the money. No, uh, I really think he has something to prove. Yeah, and I'm not quite sure what that is, but I think that's what it is. If it was about money, especially after being injured, the safe bet would have been like, okay, LA, either LA team, who wants to spend money on me, or maybe he knows something we don't know about Miami, and he's saying, okay, well, Miami's going to start in, you know next season but even still he could start so he starts in january and he plays through may then he gets to come to mls in the summer that's not bad yeah i mean if he really wants to come to mls i'm not sold he wants to come to mls i keep seeing reports that say that like he is definitely coming to mls soon really yeah so i don't know i don't know okay that's what I'm talking about. Stupid, Brad. United hasn't conceded a goal yet. <laughs> I know, it's That's, absurd. I I love that. It's it's almost like getting Matic was a good idea. Yeah, it really is. It seems like Matic, you know, was the way to do things. He was. So, ooh, we play Everton soon. I know Everton's got a really tough schedule. We'll slide over to them now. They've got a really tough schedule to start the season. Uh, they opened up with Stoke, got a 1-0 win. Then they had a match against 
Uh, Man City got a draw 1-1 this week. Um, All the while also playing uh, Hayduk Split twice and Rosenborg twice. So it's been – and I'm I'm absolutely going to make excuses. So, Davis, when you listen to this, I am calling our loss today. Um, I'm giving all the excuses for it because on this season – Since July 27th, which is exactly a month, Everton have played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven competitive matches. That's kind of crazy. That's a lot. Uh, That's a lot of matches already. They made the group stage in Europa, which is great. But, I mean, in in the last 10 days, they've had four matches. Yeah, I mean, that definitely wears on you. Yeah, so. and they're not particularly deep at the moment, um, especially with a couple injuries. So that sucks. The loss to Chelsea sucks. But on the other hand, getting getting three or four points total from Stoke, uh, Man City, and Chelsea, two of those three being away, Man City and Chelsea, is okay. Um, the bigger problem is that our next match is against Tottenham, and then our next match is at... Uh, man. So we definitely need like two points minimum from those two games to be all right. Um, but then it gets easier. Then Sunderland, Bournemouth, all that stuff. So maybe we'll catch Tottenham at a bad time for them. Something like that. Um, when do you play Tottenham? The ninth? Yeah, the ninth. I'm pretty sure Tottenham has a uh, Champions League game like shortly after that. So they might be. Oh, I hope so. Because I know that United has Stoke on the 9th, Basel for champions on the 12th, and Everton on the 17th. So yeah, it seems so- like having those teams like... And then they United plays Burton Albion on the 20th for the League Cup, I think. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham plays Dortmund on the 13th. So yeah. So they've got the 9th and the 13th, and then the 16th. They play Swansea. Yeah, so there's a good chance, you know, depending. You rest on Swansea and you play your guys on Everton, especially since they won't have played for a long, long time. They won't be tired. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what United's going to do. That'll be weird. Stoke, Basel, Everton. Yeah. Well, hopefully you lose to us. Um, I don't think we will. Maybe, maybe Lukaku will take a nap and not play that day. Maybe Lukaku will be mad and score lots of goals. Maybe why would he be mad? He wanted to be sold, and they sold him. He, they did a nice thing. He wanted to be sold last year, too. Yeah, but then he scored all the goals, and then he got sold for more and made more money. Mm, touche. Um, so Everton really are kind of desperate for a target striker. I think I know we've talked about this before, so have I. Um, rumors I just saw this morning were Jamie Vardy, which I don't really know how I feel about that. He did not, not work yesterday. And he's not really a target striker. He's just a fast guy who scores a goal. And he's old. How so, old is Vardy? Is this 30. one of the things where you say someone's old and then they're not actually old? He's like 31. He is 30. He just turned 30 in January, so he's not that old. I lied. Uh, I still don't want him at Everton, but who knows. Um, all right, so then... Man City, we talked about them winning yesterday. Chelsea won today, two to nothing. Any more EPL thoughts? Your favorite, uh, your favorite reporting site, Bleacher Report, has Barf. Um, 
Diego Costa being targeted by Everton. Yeah, that's that's a that's true. Like Everton, I think are trying to work something out with Chelsea where uh, we do a swap for. I think they're realizing that there's not a huge market for Ross Barkley, um, and it looks like they're going to try to do some sort of swap where they can get rid of Barkley and get Costa, which would be great. Costa would be good. I don't know if I can root for a team that has Costa on it, but I might be forced to for a year. So we will see. It's just weird. Googling Jamie Vardy now, it's a bunch of things where it's like Everton looking to swoop in and beat Chelsea's offer for Vardy. That's so desperate from both teams. Yeah, a little bit. No, please no Vardy. Um, it's going to happen now. Like the thing you don't want to happen is what's going to happen. Probably. I don't want him at all. I mean, I don't think anyone blames you. Are man you done before the transfer window closes? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, they haven't really been linked to anyone, so I would say yes. Okay. But that doesn't – it wouldn't surprise me if they, like, sneakily did something, and I'm just, like, not – I, I kind of stopped following the transfer after we got Lukaku, hmm. to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, he was our big, like, big target, so. Um, interesting. Uh, sorry, I was Googling. I somehow got onto Coutinho. I don't remember searching for him. No, I was Googling LeBron James to see how tall he was. And the first thing on the news pops up that says LeBron James rumored to have asked Liverpool owners to sell Felipe Coutinho. Yes. What? So he's a partial owner in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and he apparently is mad with how they're conducting, the rest of the owners are conducting their business. So that was like news yesterday. I saw, read like a brief little article about it that he had said, hey, quit fucking around. We're getting like a ton of money offer for Catino. Like, yeah. what, are we, what are we doing? I mean, it looks like they're kind of, I mean, everyone's really been happy the last couple of days with uh, Firmino. Um, settling in, or as I like to call him, Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, so, I mean, if that works, it's fine. I just really want like sell the guy. He wants to be gone. If Barcelona will pay for it, then sell him. I just, I don't get it. I mean, like, I don't get why they wouldn't sell him. And say what you will about LeBron, but he's never been accused of being a bad business person. Um, speaking of Liverpool, they're currently 1-0 up on Arsenal. Should we start celebrating our Arsenal's getting relegated. Oh, they're playing Arsenal today? Yeah, it's going on right now. I don't think I knew that. Uh, yeah, Liverpool's up one nothing on Arsenal, and Tottenham is tied with Burnley 0-0, both in the 38th. I have the technology to be watching this game while we're, while we're speaking. Um, yeah, because I think it's uh, the featured game. I think it might even be on... Well, no, it's probably not on NBC. It's Sunday. Oh, I have, I have like, sort of like, internet. Some crap. I have TV internet. From the future. Um, so while we're talking about Liverpool and Coutinho, let's jump into the U.S. men's national team talk briefly, or not briefly, and talk about uh, young, young speed man, young good, young good, good soccer, good good soccer boy, uh, Christian Pulisic, who is now featured uh, the featured number one winger for Dortmund after they sold Dembele for all of the dollars. In Europe, um, sell Dembele for quite a bit of money. I like that sell, and I think it's smart, and I think that 
shows that they're really confident in Pulisic. Am I crazy? Um, no. I mean, what has Pulisic done for them to prove that he should not be? Exactly. I mean, yesterday even. Yesterday was probably his worst match in a couple weeks. Whoa. Was that live? What just Liverpool? happened? Holy cow. Mane scored an amazing goal to go up 2 nothing on Arsenal. Sorry uh, for not, distracting. It was a beautiful Arsenal goal. Has not been playing well. And he's doing this weird strumming a ukulele celebration that I kind of like a lot. Uh, I can't believe that Barca's going after Dembele and Cortino. Well, so I think I actually think that's a really smart move because Dembele is very, very good and is very good uh, at dribbling at attackers. He's not. He's definitely more of a uh, striker winger in the front of a four-three-three, uh, while Pulisic is definitely kind of the same thing. They're a little bit redundant. Um, and Pulis- uh, Dortmund did have, uh, gosh, the young. Turkish guy. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. I know you're talking about why. Can't I think of his name? They were not Emery Khan. That's another guy. Um, I know we're both Googling it ferociously while. Yeah, while we fill space. Hey, y'all, it's me, Davis. Oh, Chelsea's figured it all out since losing their first game. He's a young Turkish guy who was like super, super hyped when they got him and then kind of didn't do any good. At all. Emery Moore. Yes. Emery Moore, who's a who's a winger. And he's just not very versatile and he hasn't done much. So I've seen there are a lot of rumors about them wanting to sell him to anyone. Um, but it was an absolutely great signing. They should have made that signing when they did. But now, I mean Polisic's already beat out Emery Moore. Uh, like Marco Royce is perpetually injured, so is Sherla. And then he's kind of gets to play any of the wing positions and he can also play the number ten for them, which they let him. Um, and I think that versatility is why they were, they were kind of happy to say, sure, see you later. We will uh, we'll sell Dembele. We think we'll be okay. And they won yesterday. Um, they're, they're 2-0 without him. Uh, and they should be. They should at least finish the top three in the Bundesliga. And it's kind of be surprised if they didn't. a failure if they don't. But I don't know. I think that says a lot about how they value Pulisic and, and that they think, you know, we're happy. We we won't miss a beat. We'll we'll be fine with this kid. Um, Pulisic was really really good yesterday. He just didn't finish, which is a little worrying, but but fine. He was you know did everything good on the ball. He just had to be a little more clinical with his finishes. But he's no. You know who else couldn't finish yesterday? Pogba. Oh, Pogba. Yeah, Pogba missed like what would have been a couple cracker goals, and I was like, God damn it! I lied. Pulisic's only eighteen. He'll be nineteen in a couple weeks. Um. He, is, about that. is he the wanna, youngest player on Dortmund? You want to hear something pretty great? Third, yeah, I do. If this current 2-0 score holds, Arsenal will be in 16th place. Gosh, that's beautiful. At the end of the day. That's beautiful. That's like a real thing that'll be happening. So I wonder if that, what does Arsenal do then? Let's Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, so Arsenal has some gl- some like big issues. Uh, kind of in their spine, which they haven't improved. That's the one thing you need to do, in my opinion. And I know the Shin Guardian, who I'm a big fan of, says this often, is that the one thing a team should try to do every single season is improve 
the middle of their field from the striker to the center midfielders to the center defenders. You need to be improving one of those, be it, you know, very few teams, I think, are good enough to just say, we, you know what, we don't need to improve. Look at what Man U did this year. They got Matic. They got a new striker. Everton did the same thing. They got they got Klassen. They got Sigurdsson. They got Rooney. They got Michael Keane. And they got Pickford. Like, that whole line in the middle of the field is what you have to improve on. And Arsenal haven't done that since they got Mustafi, who's good. They got, um, God, the guy last year, the Swiss guy who's fine. Uh but Sha- not Shakiri, um, the other Swiss guy, Swiss guy, and I don't know. That to me is the middle. Of the problem for them is in the middle of the field, and I don't know what they do to fix that. I have no idea. That's <laughs> a problem. Uh, I do hope that means they sell. I just I've watched Arsenal play about a game and a half this year and not been impressed. So they they have one point. They will have three points, but they will have conceded two more goals than they've scored. They won their match on week one against – who was that again? They barely won their week one match against Leicester. Okay. And then I know they lost to Stoke 1-0. Who, like, here's my thing. Like, and I know apples and oranges in comparison. Like, I was worried this weekend going into the Leicester game because I watched some of the Arsenal game against them, and I was like, damn, Leicester looks like they're going to be a scoring threat this year and, like, really run at people, be a threat, and, like, United just shut them down. Like, they were not a threat at all, which makes me be like, holy shit, Arsenal's defense has to be horseshit garbage. I think it's close to that. I think that's true, and I think also United's defense is really good, but... They had a really good defense last year, and it's only gotten better. Yeah, it's they've improved in the middle of the field, as they should. Baye got another year of experience, all of that stuff. Um, I mean, maybe I hope this makes them want to sell Giroud. I know striker is not their problem, so maybe they want to sell Giroud to Everton now for something? Please? Probably. Please, Arsenal, we will take Giroud off your hands. We would love to. Uh, but I don't know. I don't think they're going to sell it. Not uh, to like backtrack, but yeah, uh, back back to U.S. men's national team. Yeah, the only like thing that I really like know of is I think Roldan might get called up. Uh, Christian Roldan. Yeah, I think you're right. R seven. Yeah. So, um, so he's been playing well though. Like, I mean, I kind of feel like he's earned a call up, even if he doesn't play. It's so let's finish out the I agree with that. Let's finish out the Pulisic talk and then we'll jump over. Um I think I, I have nothing to say about Pulisic. Like I'm just gonna let you continue to blow him. So. Sure. Well, thank you. That's borderline illegal, but barely legal. Okay, that was sorry listener, that was inappropriate. I hope your mom's not listening. Um <laughs> barely legal podcast. Uh, so I I still think Liverpool sells Coutinho, especially because he's once again not in the team. Um, and Firmino has another assist and a goal. He's doing really well in that attacking position. So to me, that suggests that they need to sell him and let him uh, let him go where he wants. And then if they want Pulisic, great. Pay the money, but I don't think Dortmund's going to sell Pulisic right now. 
Uh, yeah, I don't think so. But next next summer, probably a better chance. More than likely, I feel like. Yeah, I think so too. And I think you know, it'll depend on where Dortmund is at this offseason. I mean, I think they're more likely to sell a Royce or a Schola or a someone like that, even though those guys are always injured. So we'll see. All right, let's jump over to the U.S. men's national team who have some qualifiers coming up. Uh, you suggested that you thought Roldan was getting a call up. I do. I think, well, I mean, just kind of tying it into Seattle, like Morris will probably get called up. Roldan will probably get called up and Dempsey. I don't so, know about Stefan Fry. By the time uh, our listener listens to this podcast, the roster will be out. Uh, Yeah, it comes out today. Um, The only thing I've seen is uh, it looks like Paul Areola is going to get called up. His coach said he was. Um, And there won't be DeAndre Yedlin, which is a little worrisome, especially with Costa Rica. But we'll see. Um, Costa Rica is on Friday. Yeah. Costa Rica is on Friday in New York. Uh, that'll be very interesting. And then Honduras on the whenever the 5th is, whatever day that is, in Honduras. Um, so who who do you have – who do you call up in your roster? What is your – kind of what's your team look like? Uh, I think it's going to be business as usual, to be perfectly honest. I think the only, like, surprise for me is that – and it's nothing against Roldan, but, like, I think he's kind of, like, always kind of, like, surprising because he's kind of, like, a newer face, so. How how does he play for uh, for Seattle? Is he an eight? Is he playing, like, an attacking guy? Yeah, he kind of plays, like, a six to eight-ish role. So, okay. um, But he, he played really, really well for Seattle, which is why I think he was called up for the Gold Cup and, like, um, he's just having like a really good year. He's still really young. I think he's only like 23. Um, so he'll be good. Like, I honestly think that he's 22. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, I, I just think he'll fit well into the team and like, he's kind of in a position where we have a bunch of older players. So it'd be nice to have someone kind of groomed to get into it. Um, yeah, but that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I mean, uh, my worry right now is we're going to bring in some older people that we don't really, that I don't want like on the roster. Like what if we weirdly bring in like uh Graham Zussi? Like, do we really need Graham Zussi? Zussi will be in the team for sure. You think so? Yeah. Who else is our right back now? If we don't have Yedlin, yeah. we have no other right backs and it's going to be Zussi. What about Eric? Uh, like, like Chick- Lehigh, he, was, he wasn't good in the Gold Cup. He had one good game where he scored a goal, and otherwise he just looked like he was nervous. Um, L-I-C-H-A-J? Is that yeah, we, Lehigh. That's not Lehigh. It is. <laughs> I um, no, I'm sure. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, the other I, issue is Omar Gonzalez was injured, but he's finally playing again, so I think you're going to see Cameron – and either Gonzalez or Reem. Um, no John Brooks. No Yedlin. Maybe Fabian Johnson. Is uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers going to be back? He, no. He got loaned, though. He's finally loaned to a championship team, so he'll actually get playing time. Yeah, he got loaned. I was going to say, didn't uh, Sheffield? Sheffield. Yeah, he's at Sheffield, which is great for him. He's like, 
in that weird stage where he's too good to play for the younger team, but he's not good enough to beat out their really good center backs. Um, and they've really got to loan him out. Uh, I think my I'm interested to see if Fabian Johnson joins the team. Uh, he was he played this week, but can he play right back? Why not? I would love to see him on the right side. Let him be right back because I think he's right footed, and then put JVF on the left back, and then go from there. That's an interesting idea. Uh, yeah. And then Bobby will be there. He's healthy, playing well. Josie will be there. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for Bobby Wood. He's played, like, really well, I feel like, for the U.S. men's national team. I really I, – I think – so you're going to get those two, and I think you're going to get one of – you're going to get Dempsey, I think. You're going to also get one of Jordan Morris and uh, Dom Dwyer. So who do you take? Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris is healthy, right? Yeah. Dwyer is less healthy and hasn't really done much since getting traded. Um, so it's, all, but it's the reality of the situation. Jordan Morris started clicking after he was up for the Gold Cup, so he's been playing. I believe that Dwyer has not scored since he was since the Gold Cup. No. Yep, I'm I'm correct. Yeah, Bobby Wood will definitely be there. Josie will definitely be there. Um, Dempsey will definitely be there. Dempsey's kind of filling in the role of super sub now, though. Yeah. Um, and unlike Wondolowski, he actually scores. So, and every time he came in in like the sixty to seventy minute range, like the team played much better. Yeah, I, and that's good. I think that's I, all Dempsey's doing as just kind of like that guy. Dempsey like, needs to be pretty yeah. able. So, well, I mean, Dempsey has always had the soccer brain and the ability to do things people won't do. But as he's gotten older and he loses pace, when he can come into a game later and be at an equal, if not slightly more fit position than everyone else on the pitch, I think that's where it helps him. Is when the game slows down and he's just kind of regressed to having to play this slower pace because of age, now he's at a level playing field. And when he's at a level playing field, he can he's one of the best players on the team almost anywhere. Yeah. Um, so which is exciting. So I think that's kind of I, I really do think he's kind of gonna replace Wando in that and which is fine. Like, that is fine. I'd rather have that guy coming out of the midfield and, and playing up a little bit. Um, I do think you're right. I think we'll see Jordan Morris instead. Uh, I'm al- almost wondering if we see a return to Breck Shea at some point. He's kind of secretly having a decent season. He's getting a lot of playing time. and uh, talked about how Vancouver's been like the perfect fit for what he needed spiritually. They totally have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has three assists this year. I don't know exactly what that means, but he has been having a good year for Vancouver, like a quiet good year. It looks I like though right now. Yeah. He it looks like he is uh only played in nine matches this year, which is a little surprising, but he's got three goals and an assist. Yeah. I think good. because he's been injured. I think he's out right now. He's he played yesterday, he scored yesterday. Oh really? But he may <laughs> have been injured. Off injury then. He may have been injured before that. Uh I don't know. Let me check. Uh I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, it looks like he was injured before that for a while. So, yeah, that's always been his biggest problem: injuries. Yeah, and being an insane person. He's a character, that's for sure. Uh, Mix Discrude is playing pretty well in Sweden. Of course, he is. Mix is not bad. He just was in a shitty situation at NYFC. What do you mean? 
I mean, I feel like he played the same position as Pirlo, and Pirlo's better than him, so, like, they kind of moved him around, and it wasn't, like, a good fit for him. Yeah, I think – I would honestly think Nick would be best in a 4-3-3 where he gets to be the tip of that 4-3-3 with two defensive midfielders behind him or in on the left in a 4-3-3 that kind of has a guy tuck inside because he just – he's not defensive. He makes good passes and smart passes, but he's just not a good defensive player at all. He's good positioning going forward, not so much defensively. Yeah, he is not – yeah, he's not in that, that range. I mean, so he's fine if you know what you're going to get out of him and, like, play him the right way, but – Yeah. Which is what I don't think was happening, so – No, I agree. Um, so what's your uh, prediction for the two U.S. – Excuse me, two U.S. matches. First one, Costa Rica. Second one, at Honduras. We need four points. I don't care how we get it, but we need four points. I'd love to have six, and I think we can get six. I agree. I think, I, I think you're exactly right. We need four points. Uh, we, six would be great. Oh, Peter Crouch scored today, by the way. <laughs> Who? Peter Crouch. Oh, nice. Uh with his head, but it was the ball bounced off the ground. Um, so I, I totally agree. I think I think we can get six. My only worry is like Kaylor Navas is super good, so he's playing. Um, that's scary. But uh, we beat the crap out of Costa Rica. I mean, like two out of the last three times we've played them, we've beaten them handily. We lost in Costa Rica, but that's really hard. Um, beating them in the Gold Cup was awesome. We played really well in that match. Uh, so, I don't know. I think we can get six. If we get six, we're pretty good in the World Cup. I think we're done. We're yeah. qualified, um, which would be great to get some young guys some experience in those remaining matches. But I do, yeah, I think, I think we'll get six. I, we need four. We, we may get six. All right, let's shift over to MLS talk. Uh, right. The season is very quickly winding down. Um, most teams have between uh, six and ten matches left. Uh, currently, I'm going to pull up the standings really quick. I know that in the West, we have Seattle is in first. Uh, right. Just a point ahead of Portland, but game in hand. Wow, I didn't realize Portland climbed back up the standings. Yeah, they play Portland today, too, so that's kind of like a pivotal. That'll be fun. Yeah. Sporting Kansas City in third with 40 points, uh, but also have two games in hand on Portland. Vancouver in fourth. Wow, look at Cascadia. That's crazy. With 38 points. Cascadia's uh, been solid. Uh, Seattle drew Vancouver, I think, Wednesday or Tuesday this week. So it's 1-1. One, one. Uh, Vancouver, Houston, and then Dallas. And then you've got Real Salt Lake in seventh, but they've played two more games than most other teams. Uh, yeah. So it looks like it's going to be a battle kind of for those seven teams. Maybe San Jose if they can get a little frisky, but that's – there's no one in the bottom three in the in the West making the playoffs right now. Galaxy is an absolute dumpster fire. Colorado has not been good. Colorado's terrible. They fired their manager. Uh, Minnesota's 25 points is more than I thought they would get, but a you negative, I'm proud of Minnesota. Negative 20 goal differential is pretty bad. They gave up a lot of goals early. They've gotten much better. Yep, that's totally true. You're that's absolutely right. I'll defend Minnesota, and they should have drawn against Seattle the other day when I shit out on them. So, sorry. Does, it, 
the craziest stat that I've noticed just now is that one Minnesota has more goals on the season than Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City is so defensive, and they got rid of their best scorer. That's crazy. Um, crazy. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota and LA have the exact same number of goals. And LA is probably uh, better attacking players. One would argue. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's very strange. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. I'm sorry. Two goals. So there's that. So let's talk about let's talk about the West while we're there. Then we'll talk about the East. How how are Seattle playing? They're in first place. They've got. Uh, it looks like they're probably in the playoffs. Yeah, they're playing really well. Uh, I'm less than worried. If you would have talked to me in July, I would have been like, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. They're not playing well. No one's clicking. But things have been going very well for Seattle. Um, Ladero, Dempsey are on the same page. Will Bruin has been a weird revelation like that I did not see coming. He's playing so well for them. Uh, Jordan Morris is playing well. He's not scoring, but he's playing well. And we've already kind of talked about Roldan, and Stephen Fry is really good. So, uh, big question. Torres is mad at the team for not extending him, and Chad Marshall's old. Yeah, the, yeah. You, they absolutely have to improve their center backs next season. Like that needs to be the one thing they do is get they replace one of those guys, probably Torres, and then have someone waiting in the wings. Um, Torres is going to leave. Yeah, he's going to leave. Hey, the he crew. Has- the crew all of a sudden have 15 center backs if you need one. Uh, Talk to Siggy in LA. Maybe he'll take some. I have 19 really good center backs. Um, Maybe you can steal the guy who, went to Marquette who plays for Colorado. I like him, but he doesn't play well on the ball. Yeah. How's Ladero playing? I have not watched any Seattle this year no. besides the, uh, the crew match, and I don't believe he didn't do anything if he even played in there. He's playing so well right now. He, he's back. Ladero's back. He's risen. He was basically like, this season's long. It's dumb. I'm going to wait till the playoffs. I don't give a shit. And now he's like, they're really doing kind of what they did last year. Like, they were pretty pretty okay at the beginning. Then they had like a really rough patch. And then they're like, all right, you guys, let's get our shit together. And then just got hot and went on a run. And I feel like that's what they're doing right now. They're, they're hot right now. Playing well. That's all you got to do is just be consistent or get hot at the right time. But yeah, and I'm totally okay with being pretty, you know, mediocre for the first three months of the season and the last two and a half months figuring it out. So yeah, if that's how they want to do things and they win an MLS Cup again, I'm, I am mad about it. So what what other West Conference teams are you worried about when it comes to? I think Kansas is just a matchup problem. Yeah. They, they don't play well against Kansas City. Kansas City's pretty big and physical, and I think that causes Seattle problems. Um, but I think they're good. Um, Houston's like a weird problem for Seattle just because they're fast and athletic, and I feel like that fucks with our back line. We really like Houston. Yeah, I, I think Houston is sneaky good. Yeah, I agree. Like, I would not be surprised. To the, I would not be surprised if Houston won the West. Like, it would not shock me at all if they were the representative in the MLS Cup final. So, um, I 
I don't uh, like. I know we kind of talked about this. Like, I'm not super worried about Dallas. Like Portland and Vancouver, we play a lot, so I think those games are kind of toss-ups. Portland and Vancouver, if we like met them in the playoffs, just sure. because we, we play them so often, they know each other so well that like, and they're rivals, so you just don't know what you're gonna get. But of the top six-ish teams, the two that I'm most worried about are Sporting and Houston. I'm actually really down on uh, Portland's striker. I think I mentioned this last week. Fernando Adi, I don't think is good. I um, predicted him to be the MLS goal-scoring leader, and he has greatly disappointed me. Well, I, I'm doing like an article for the uh, Massive Report. Uh, go to MassiveReport.com and read all of our articles, please. And uh, on... Don't actually do that. You know, do it. I'm trying to... So what I'm trying to do in this article is determine if... Uh, Ola Kamara misses easy chances. Spoiler alert, I don't think there's any statistical basis for saying he does, so he doesn't. We had a pretty in-depth conversation about this, and I hate these statistics for goals. I I mean, and so uh, for the listeners, the single listener, um, what what we talked about is that there isn't really a way to say, okay, (laughs) does this guy score the chances he should? You have a couple stats... uh, expected goals, which assigns essentially a percentage value based on a decimal point to every shot taken and how likely it is that that shot should have gone in. Like a difficult shot would be like 0.001. An easy shot would be closer to one. The closer to one, the easier the shot. Um, Surprisingly, that's the best statistic. It's yeah. terrible. It's not great, but the, but the way that it works out is that you you come up with a number at the end of the match, and that number is essentially how many goals a player was expected to score. So if you have, like, a two at the end of the match and the player scores zero goals, that means, crap, they missed a lot of easy chances, or two, they missed a lot of difficult chances, or two, they missed uh, two really easy chances. Um, the other statistic you have is scoring chance percentage, which is essentially the percentage of your shots that go in the goal. I kind of think that one's almost, when you use that with, XG, those are kind of the two that can tell you how a player plays. Um, but then it gets screwy when you get like uh, guys like Giovinco and David Villa, um, who both like the, – the craziest that I saw on that was last year. Giovinco led the league with like 177 shots. David Villa was second with like 160. And then the third-place guy had like 110. Yeah. They take just an absurd amount of shots. Exactly. And you've got these guys who are like running their team's offense. So they're going to take shots and they both have super low like percentages of shots that go in for goals, but they're also, I mean, that's what happens when you take a ton of shots. You just aren't going to score as many goals. Um, so Fernando Adi, long story short, Fernando Adi uh, takes about an average number of shots. He's like totally in the middle in shots and top 25 goal scores but he scores at a very low percentage of his chances. Um, like it was like 12 last year. And he also has a negative uh, XG, which means he's scoring fewer goals than he should. Um, doesn't seem to be particularly accurate. So this is called, this has uh, been another installment of Colin hates Fernando Adi. Thank you for joining. Yeah. That's, I, I don't know. Again, we kind of talk about this. It's really hard to figure out or quantify what should be a goal and what shouldn't be a goal. Agreed. Um, it's almost like you would 
have to watch every minute of every game and decide for yourself. Yeah, and that's nearly impossible to do. So, so. there's your problem. But, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, I, I have not been pleased with Adi. Um, so, I, I thought he was going to be the goal scoring champ this year. I don't even know who's leading the MLS golden boot. Do you? Uh, yeah, it's David Villa. Is he? Yeah. We'll talk about David Villa when we go east. Um, let's talk about L.A. quickly. Uh, Renee wanted us to mention how bad they've been. Uh, they've been a dumpster fire. He wants to shame them. Well, he should. It's like embarrassing how bad they've been. I don't really get it. Um, have you watched LA this year? I have. They're not good. I went to the San Jose game by myself. Yeah, who won? San Jose, 2-1. to one. Yeah, and they play again today, San Jose and LA. Um, bad. I mean, not to, like, LA should have won that game, but they just gave it away. They just they didn't look like they cared, to be honest. Yeah. But that was one of what's his name's last game, so I don't know exactly what's going on under Siggy, but Van Dam is gone. That was a it seems That's like a big loss. Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't know why they're that bad. They've got they're spending money, they've got good guys, but the, I think the bigger problem is their middle of their field is really bad like they've got a ton of attacking talent no real strikers Zardes is still hurt um their their young guys haven't really done squat yeah done what they should I mean they also haven't been given a ton of chances uh but then behind him you've got Jao Pedro who's fine and then the ghost of Jermaine Jones and no one else to back him up in as a defensive midfielder and their center backs are god-awful they had Van Dam, who was good, but then now it's kind of just two random guys, neither of which are are at all decent. Um, I mean, they've got to spend a lot of money or do something to get better next year. If they don't improve their defense, they won't be good enough. Nope. All right, let's head back east. And yeah, we'll- I, was like, I don't have a lot to say about the West outside of – I mean, the other teams in the West um, – uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, we kind of touched on Kansas City. They don't score a lot, but they don't give up any goals. I think they've probably given up the least goals in all of MLS. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, that's By six goals. So I have, I have a surprising statistic for you in a second. Um, but, so, yeah. So, so let's, um, go, let's go east where we have uh, the standings are Toronto first place with 53 points, kind of running away with it. New York – City FC playing really well this year in second with 47, also kind of running away. Um, first and second look like they're probably set. And then you kind of have third through eight are probably flexible, more like third through seventh. Columbus in third with 42 points, which is more than the West leading Seattle Sounders, surprisingly. Uh, Chicago in fourth with 41. New York Red Bulls in fifth with 39. Atlanta, 6 with 36, tied with Montreal, 6 with 36. Um, but Atlanta has scored more goals and given up fewer goals than uh, Montreal, so they're in 6. Um, it's definitely, you kind of have that race between Columbus and Montreal, kind of all those teams between them, for that last those last three playoff, I guess four playoff spots. Um, one team will be left out. Hopefully it's not Columbus, but we'll see. Uh, they've had a really great run of form lately, but we'll talk about them in a minute. Um, 
David Villa is leading the league in goals from the West East Coast. Uh, that's cool. Um, I think the East might be better than the West this year. What do you think? I think so. I mean, obviously, the table suggests that they are. Uh, I think the East teams beat up on the West teams when they play them. Um, I think you're but right. I also think that the West isn't helping itself. It's kind of cannibalizing itself. You're right. Uh, so it's a little misleading, but it, I think the East is better overall. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Is like it's. I think the East teams beat the West teams more frequently, but I also think the West teams are all pretty tightly competitive. So a lot of games become toss-ups. So no clear person is really running away with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to see. I mean, Columbus has been about 500 against the West. I actually may have gone ahead of 500 after beating two West Conference teams this week. Uh, we have two more matches against Western Conference teams in Sporting Kansas City and then Vancouver. Um, back-to-back weeks. Are tough. tough. A tough streak of games. Um, yeah, what were you going to say, Brad? Oh, I was just going to say, like, I think the East has – Probably the best team in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, and then just, I I think every other team, you know, one through at least five have played really well. Um, I'm trying to think. And then everyone else has been, like, kind of fluxy. Yes. I would throw clue, crew into the fluxy, but... Um, of course. But, yeah, the rest of the teams, like, that doesn't... They're good, but they just hot and cold. So where Toronto's just been good all year. Yes. Um, interesting. I thought we played every team in the in the East three times, but it doesn't appear that way. That would not make any sense. That'd be 33 games. Uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Columbus now since you brought that up. Um, Let's do it. A really good week. Uh, they had three games in eight days and got seven points out of those. A draw on the road and two wins at home, both coming against Western Conference teams at home. LA, kind of kind of simple 2-0 win that should have been about four or five to nothing. Um, Dallas yesterday might have been their best performance of the year. Went one two to one, could have scored more. Um, didn't really need to give up the goal they gave up, uh, kind of later in the game, but were able to hold on and win with uh, surprising fifty seven percent possession against a team that likes to possess the ball. Um, wow. And Liverpool just scored again. Salah just scored. Holy cow. Dude, they're beating them down. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's been, it's been a really good, uh, couple of, uh, days for Chrissy who look like they're getting hot at the right time. Their defense is also finally playing well. Um, Mensa, the DP center back signing who looked like an absolute disaster, uh, is, playing really really well right now so he um if he's able to play like a dp i don't think uh, so the homer in me says if jonathan mensa plays like a dp crew sc become potential favorites to win the eastern conference out of there in 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 the playoffs um realistically if he plays like a dp they should comfortably make the playoffs and make noise uh We've got him there, uh, the new DP, Pedro Santos. Didn't have a great game yesterday, but was 
incredible against LA, probably the best player on the field. Um, so that's been really great to see like this new attacker to take a lot of the attacking pressure off of Iguain and Miram um, to get Ola Kamara some open looks who now has two goals in two games, uh, which is very good. He has 14 goals on the season. Um, so it's, it's, it's turning out to be really well. The crew have a really difficult schedule through the rest of the season, uh, finishing out with uh, all but two teams and their six remaining matches are in the playoffs currently. Uh, Sporting KC, Vancouver, New York, D- uh, and New York City FC, and then they also have DC and Orlando. So in those six matches, the crew probably needs seven points uh, to take them to 50, 48. Um, I think 48 would be good for the sixth spot probably at worst and 50 would definitely be playoffs. Yeah. I, I don't see the crew not making the playoffs. I mean, we talked about this last week. You specifically said in their next three games, they need to get at least five points and they've already gotten six. So if they just draw today, don't they play today? Uh, no, they played yesterday. Yeah. So Um, if they draw their next game, that's, what, two more points than you thought they'd get, so... Yeah, they've got uh, three home games left, it looks like. Um, and I think they need to get... They need to get five points out of those three. If they can get five points out of three home games, I'm confident that they won't go winless on the road or, or pointless on the road. Um, so I think they'll be okay. It's just so hard to win on the road in MLS. That's the weird, the weird, weird thing. Um, so any road points you can get are crucial. Yeah, like Kansas City has two road wins on the entire season. But you don't beat them at home. Yeah, they have one home loss. No, they don't. They haven't lost at home. Yeah, I don't They're think they have. at home this year. So it's just MLS is really weird. Like Kansas City has a bunch of draws on the road, which is good. That's how you climb the standings is by not losing on the road. But, I mean – they have two home or two road wins. That's it's a weird league. It's a really weird league. Um, league. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the MLS is weird. It weird is bitching about the schedule. It makes no sense. Like you would think teams all would play the same amount of games at the same amount of time. It's never that way. Yeah. Uh, the ML or U.S. Open Cup finals coming up relatively soon. Uh, yeah, they usually are at the end of August, right? Yeah, it's going to be Sporting KC and New York Red Bulls. Thank God Cincinnati's out. Uh, uh go Red Bulls. I kind of want Red Bulls to win, too. I yeah. Sporting Kansas City, so. I don't That's know when. well documented. The final is uh, Wednesday, September 20th. That's a long time. Yeah. Maybe it was the only time they could fit it into their schedules. Well, it, it's, I mean, it's scheduled a while ago, but yeah, you're right. But yeah, um, good good luck to both those teams. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I am out of uh, out of topics of conversation, Brad. Do you have anything else we need to bring up today? Can look at MX and why it's worse than the MLS now? Go for it. Let's let's do it. Let's let's end our podcast by talking about how bad uh, League MX is getting. Uh, they're the retirement league now. Honda joined. He, he also scored in his first game, so and he's not up to match fitness from what I've read. Well, he came on. A, but he I don't think Leah 
MFE is worse than the MLS. It's still a good league. Um, they're in the, what, Apertura right now? Uh, I don't know. Or it, or is it... I always get them mixed up because one is opening and one is closing, but I don't know which one is technically the start and which one's the closing one. So, uh, Classera is closing. Apertura is opening. Like, uh, the... So. Aperture on a lens, the opening on a lens. That's the same same term. So uh, they're probably the closing then? I don't know. I think this is the aperture. I think the Classera uh, is in the second half of the year. In the beginning. Yeah, see, that's what I know. Like, I would think that the Apertura, because they, like, have one start in, like, January, don't they? Yes. They so, essentially play the European schedule with a couple more breaks. Yeah, um, so very confusing to me. Aperture starts in the summer, yeah. So it's essentially, if you think of it, the season starts the same time the Europe does, and then ends about the same time Europe does, or Europe does too. But they have two seasons, and I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I I really wish we did it. Um, I think that would be the way to really get MLS going, is to have that kind of double season where you have eighteen matches. Well, you, you play every team once. And then you take a decent break, and then you play every team again. Uh, and that way, you can. I don't know. I just don't think. I don't think that would work in the U.S. So I changed my mind. Um, I will say Herrera is back coaching Club America. That's a thing that's happening in Liga MX. Wait, what? Liga MX. Really, Miguel Herrera? Yeah, he's back coaching he DJ Club America. What? Since when? I don't know. This year? Yeah, that's crazy. I had no idea. Uh, and Tigres has been playing well. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I care a little bit less about uh, Tijuana than I used to because of Paul Areola going to D.C. Yeah. I hope Mark that works out well. Pretty solid, I think. Yeah. These are things that I know. <laughs> um, I have no idea. I feel like we need Rene because he usually is in the know about Tijuana, isn't he? Uh, yeah, and I, I would pay more attention if they had uh, Paul Ariola still, but I'm not – like, I like Joe Corona, but he's just kind of – he's good. He's good. He played well for the U.S., and he's creative. Um, I hope There's he gets a, more – Yeah, on Monterey, I want to say, that uh, is on Bruce Arena's radar right now. I don't uh, know who that is. Oh, God, I feel like I was reading about it on Stars and Stripes FC. Yeah, let me know. Hang on. I'll see what I can find. Give me one hot second. Sorry. Sorry, this is great podcasting, great radio. And we're Googling. I'll do, I'll do live play-by-play with Arsenal and Liverpool now. We used to talk about Liga and Emeki a lot, and we've kind of gone away from it. And it's actually a really fun league to watch, even if you don't speak Spanish. It's a great league. I, I think the problem that I have is there, like, when Americans leave, I, I care a little bit less about the team. Like, I do like uh, Tijuana and try to support them when I can and watch their matches, but... I, I mean, they have two Americans now, so I care less. I'm sorry. Yeah. Jonathan Gonzalez is on Bruce Arena's radar, and he plays for Monterey. I don't know he's who he is. Amer- young, young Mexican-American. Ooh, interesting. A midfielder. Yeah, so everybody keep that on your radar. Maybe watch some Monterey games. I like that. He's played five matches in Liga MX this year. Yeah. Very interesting. That was uh, that's Brad with some good scouting info, and he's played with the U.S. U17s, U18s, and U20s. So it looks like he's really come up through our 
uh, youth system and is definitely kind of committed to playing for the U.S. Hopefully. I don't know uh, where Santa Rosa is. Where's Santa Rosa, Brad? Santa Rosa, California? Yeah. Uh, there? Santa Rosa is Southern Cal, I believe. No, Northern Cal. Santa Rosa is like up by me. It's, it's in uh, north of Napa. Yeah. That's weird. Real close. I didn't realize that. Okay. Well, so it looks like he'll be a U.S. player at some point soon. Um, but, uh, yeah. Cool. Is he an attacker? Is he a defensive midfielder? I think he's more attacking. Cool. I like that. If I'm not mistaken. They have a really nice stadium, Monterey does. Uh, they built it with that dope view of the mountain or whatever? Yeah, they built a brand new stadium. It's going to be, I believe they're in Guadalajara. No, they're in Monterey. What am I saying? It's called Monterey. Um, yeah, the BBVA Bancomer. And they're going to be playing the World Cup matches there. If, Hopefully, yeah. Assuming we get it, yeah. Um, Is that like... Isn't it close to Texas? Monterey? I know it's huge. It's like an underratedly large city. Uh, Monterey is, I'm pretty sure, on the peninsula. No, it's close to Texas. Is it? It's like, uh, yeah, it's not far from McAllen, Texas, or Laredo. Uh, Let's see how far. you wanted to drive from Monterey to Laredo, it's two and a half hours. So you could do that if someone's really interested in it. Why yeah. I, you know what? I'm dumb for assuming this, but I just figured it was closer to the Gulf of California for some reason. Actually, the exact same distance uh, from McAllen, Texas, as it is from Laredo, Texas. So there you go. The more you know. The more you know. Well, on that note, we've uh, kind of developed geography into Mexican geography. So I think it's probably time for us to end and uh, me to uh, go eat some lunch. Are we, does Davis have any thoughts before we go? Yeah, Davis, do you have any thoughts before we go? I know you're, you're here. Hey y'all, it's me, Davis. Uh, I just want to say Ch- Chelsea's been playing really well. Uh, you know, sounds good. Go Cox. Wow. Thanks Davis. I appreciate that uh, input with your super high voice. Well, I mean, he's only 23, so, you know. That's true. I don't know about you, but he's feeling 23. Yeah. Um, gross. Uh, oh, Arsenal, are they going to score? No. No, they're not. Um, all right. Well, this has been Hello from the Offsides. Episode 19. Three weeks in a row. Get Three in a row. We're killing it. we got to keep this up. Let's see who is uh, in the U.S. roster. We'll maybe talk about that next week. I can maybe be available next week, and we'll see. We can record an episode while I'm in Milwaukee together. We will do that. I actually can't do next week because my mom will be in town. But Okay. I think I'm off next week as well because it's my birthday. So. Oh, you're going to be 30. I know. Dirty 30. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Well, we will see you guys maybe not next week. We Maybe we'll do it in the middle of the week, actually. We'll see if we can be available then. That would work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll 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 make something work. We'll get we'll keep doing this regularly, and we will. Uh, tell Tina I said hi. Well, tell my mom hi. Tell <laughs> tell your mom's hi. Kiss your dads on the cheek, barring that from uh, my brother, my brother and me, and oh, Liverpool and the squirt again. Uh, and uh, you know, we'll see you guys another time. Bye. Goodbye. Sides.